You're listening to the best of the Tom Bernard Show.com, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> so I'd like to know if I was married to a whore piece of shit. <laughs> you could just look at her license. My special stripe. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. <laughs> it's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. <laughs> We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are and, you know, we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice and they go from there and then call us back later. But the key is, is that they don't know all their rights or they're not told all the rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding, uh, so they can help themselves and their families the best they can. And the number is? Is 800-770-7008. Or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad Sean Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured. Brad Sean Bryant. Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Kicking off the show this week, we have the Sklar Brothers in the studio. Talking good old time movies. Next on The Best Of. We are back. Tom Bernard shows Sklar Brothers are in studio. They're at Acme this week. Uh, sold out the 8 o'clock show tonight and tomorrow night, and tickets are going fast for the two ten thirty shows, so you know what I'm saying. You come on out. Get tickets. Yeah, I mean, really, the, the late show tomorrow night is, like, now really creeping up. So the, one of your shots to see it would be late show tonight, Friday. Late shot, to, late shot tonight. Okay, Take that late shot. Show tonight, Take it. Best shot. Yeah. Best All shot. right, that works for me. Good. There's cool. no question. Good. So things are good. We were just asking a question uh, in the last hour. Mm-hmm. The uh, we're talking about, and, and it just happened to come up. Uh, the classic funny movies, uh, the Blazing Saddles yep. and Animal House and Caddyshack and Airplane, yep. and there were a couple more mentioned. Has there been a, a movie anywhere near that funny in the last five years? In the last five years? I would put Anchorman in that category. I always thought the Anchorman movies said, were yeah. just... Yeah, they're up there. I mean, I'm a hu- we're a huge fans of Wet Hot American Summer. That came out maybe 10 years ago. No, it was about 18. Eight, 2000. Wow, was that yeah. 18 years ago? God, in what? five years. Wet Hot American Summer was, in our opinion, just funny from top to bottom. What else has come out recently that was just... I don't think they make those movies. I mean, when Naked Gun came out, that was, you know, again, Very that was funny. from yep. that period of time. Here's here's how important Airplane was. And even in our development and, and you know, and 
as com- wanting as to be com- comedians. As comedians and, yeah. and the type of comedy we loved, our parents, like they never did this, but they invited all of our friends over and their friends over, and we had airplane on VHS. This was like early, early VHS. Oh, God, yeah. And yeah. we watched airplane with a bunch of people at our house, almost like it was like a movie theater, and everyone was like, it was so fun to watch it raucously with a bunch of people. Yep. It just was, it said to us, because we never did that with any other movie, okay, this is important. You know what I mean? That was actually they made it important that we watched that movie, and it just was so funny. There's you so just, much. You just watched Napoleon Dynamite with your kid, and you thought that was pretty. I funny. watched Napoleon Dynamite with my oldest More daughter, who's twelve. Funny. More weird, but she really connected with it. Thought it was very, very funny. I did as well, though. I, I did. I thought that movie was very funny. I, the older brother's great. Just the slice of life <laughs> in that. The older brother was so funny. He was just. I mean, everything about and the it. uncle was the uncles. I met John <clears throat> Grease, the guy who played the uncle, who also, you know, great movie. One of a very underrated, hilarious movie where Val Kilmer was hysterical and was real genius. And John Grease, the guy yeah. who played Uncle Rico, played Laszlo Hollyfeld, the guy who lived in his closet, who was the sweepstakes winner, like the lived in Val Kilmer's clo- in in Mitch's closet and the thing. I mean, he got like there's a system to go down to where he was, and I mean that was. He was he was fantastic. He's been around forever and a really great guy. But he talked about how he when I just met him at this thing. He talked about how much he loved doing Napoleon Dynamite and working with the Hess brothers. Well, um, I've always enjoyed that movie. I heard a and this is weird, but I heard a commentator on the NHL Network uh, on Sirius Radio talk. He talks about how when young people graduate from high school, school his sons, daughters, nieces, nephews, cousins, or whatever. He gives them a a DVD pack of like these are the movies you have, have to, watch to watch so that to you get through life and it's slap shots, yep. airplane, yep. it's uh, um, blazing saddles and a couple other movies. I would put Fast Times at Ridgemont High up there as well. I just watched that in its entirety and I thought, man, this is, every scene is great. Every scene yep. is just. If it's not really funny and it Sean was really Penn's funny, best role. Sean, I mean, greatest role. We yep. we look at that as like I'm sure Sean Penn probably wants to distance himself that you know from mm-hmm. that, but he really captured what it was like to be one of those stoner surfing dudes. He did it better than anyone else, and like <laughs> think did. about think about how every other movie after that tried to duplicate that character in the 80s. Yep. Like they just tried to reduplicate that character, and you can't. I would do say it. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is up there. I think that in Love terms it. of comedy and in terms yep. of a story and a show, that that's definitely up there. Yeah. I mean... Well, now we're at the point where we're trying to show our kids movies that we watched, which is always... You sure? You know, you try and do that. You go into that with the highest of hopes. You're like, I'm going to reach into my past and then meet my child in the present. Then we're going to walk hand in hand into a rainbow future together. That never happens. No, no, no. <laughs> they ruin every they ruin the movie for damn you. movie for you. And it just is like... Really? Yes. They ruin it, man, because they just... Uh, Jay tried to show his son... I, I tried to get my son, because he was doing Taekwondo, he's nine, into Karate Kid. And I was like, let me get him this movie. And I made the mistake of getting it for him on the iPad, which oh. is too much power for the kid. Because oh. with a finger, they yep. can toggle to any point in the movie and watch it over and <laughs> over <laughs> and over again. <laughs> to the point where you hate it. Yeah, like the, the he will love that all-Valley Karate tournament scene at the end, which oh. we all loved. Yeah. At some point, but now, like I've seen it more than the people who edited the karate. Kid. <laughs> That's right, and you know how much that. I've seen it. It's, it's just it's madness. terrible. And and the crazy thing is, like PG movies back in the day, 
they were like there was no PG thirteen. There was always something in a PG movie from the eighties where you're now going to have to have a conversation with your kids that you didn't. You wanted to wait until they were going through puberty to have that conversation. You're like, oh uh, god, I got to touch about this. PG thirteen, PG in the eighties was like everything that wasn't Porky's. That's you it. Know what I mean, that's it. <laughs> that's true. So you that got, is true. I mean, thirteen kind of gives you that edge. Do you think that it's just? They're they're so afraid they're going to offend someone that movie makers just won't do it. Yeah, I think that's that's a big yeah that's a big part of it. You can't just I don't think there is that freedom to just go out there and let it fly however you want to do it. It just isn't. I you know what I watched the other day that I that was again I thought hysterical from top to bottom was Vacation, the original Vacation. There was just that period. I, I mean, I watched Fletch, which I love yes. Fletch so much, yep. but I watched it again with my daughter, and it was good, and Chevy Chase was incredible, but it didn't make me laugh as much as, you know, you watch Caddyshack. We watched Caddyshack on a plane recently, and I was like, right. their performance in uh, Bill Murray, it, it actually, I always wasn't in love with Bill Murray's performance in Caddyshack until I just recently watched it and I was like, he is yep. doing so much funny stuff that I just didn't catch the first time around. Meatballs. I loved him in Meatballs. That was a great movie. Oh, yeah. Camp. Summer Camp. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's but Very quickly. Sure. I just, uh, we were in Punta Cana mm-hmm. uh, with a bunch of listeners and while I was flying back, I had to fly into Miami, which, oh my God, don't ever go through customs in Miami. It's <laughs> yeah. A horrible it's, experience. it's terrible. Oh, <laughs> hours and hours or whatever. It was an hour and a half, but it felt like about two days. Right. But in any case, we're, we're flying back, and uh, the, the flight attendant did a great job. He did a really nice job going around everybody and taking care of everybody and making sure everybody was good and all the rest of it. But he said something, and it just struck me like, this is where we are now in this world that you have to say something like that. Mm-hmm. He's bringing around the cookies for everyone after their dinner mm-hmm. and have a choice of a snickerdoodle uh-huh. or a chocolate chip cookie. I know it's coming. And as he he said to them, um, we have cookies here. We have your selection of cookies. You can either have, you may have a snickerdoodle or a chocolate chip, but I don't want you to feel any pressure to choose one or the other because we have lots of them. So don't feel pressured to pick one over the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, now we're if actually. It comes to the day when I start, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're sensitive to the cookies feelings. Look, I, I think oh, the snickerdoodle no. shaming has to stop in America. <laughs> Can we stop shaming that? the snickerdoodles of America? I mean, let's let's just be a people and let's say all cookies I'm are staring at I'm staring at a black man right now, and I'm not afraid to say snickerdoodles' lives matter. They do. Yes, they do. They're yes, just as tasty as chocolate chips. Yes. Right. They're just as tasty as chocolate chips. And they deserve the same I can't believe, like, who was going to be offended by that? Literally, who is that <laughs> flight attendant trying to protect Tom? I, that, it, I, that, I just stared down at my tray table, and I didn't, it. I didn't want either one of the cookies, but I just thought, <laughs> if it gets to the point where I'm feeling pressure, oh, my God, which cookie should I take? Yeah. I, don't, uh, I can't take it. Give yeah, me one of both much and leave pressure. me alone. Yeah, one of both. One of both, <laughs> and let's just stop talking about this right now. Yeah, I mean, I, we have become sensitive, which, you know, is, as comedians, we're always trying to find the line. Where's the line? And then you got to step over it just to make sure, just to keep everybody honest. You know what I mean? So yeah. where's yeah. that line? And, and, the, and the line has moved a lot. You know, I think people are really sensitive. I feel like because of the current political climate, we've lost a lot of, like, the ability to, to make fun of ourselves, you know? 
know, people don't admit that they make mistakes anymore, and that's really hard. So I feel like it's our job to kind of either through making fun of ourselves or just literally coaxing out what are the things, the blind spots that people have. We have to, like, put it out there in, in, in the public. Uh, the movie no, Vacation. No yeah. For a short second, put East St. Louis on the map. Oh, yeah, it did. I mean, that is an uncomfortable scene to watch in there. That's something that I was like, all right, that doesn't hold up as well as I would like it to. Uh, but no, it holds up very well. As you can tell, I'm not from East St. Louis. No, no. East St. Louis is still a rough area. Yes, I mean, it is. It's still a very rough area. Like. Yeah. Of the houses that are still standing up in East St. Louis. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it was two things about East St. Louis. Its major export for Hookers, a while was... Strippers. No, for a while it was athletes. Yeah. Yes. Jackie Joyner, Joyner Kersey. Kellen Winslow Sr. Kellen Winslow Sr. Johnny Poe, mm-hmm. on and on and on. And the other one was, at one time, they sued the federal government. This was in the... Uh, early 90s, I think. They sued the uh, federal government for $2 million just to get trash picked up and the street lights turned back on. I mean, that was not... It was, as kids growing up, it was like, do not go over, go there. over there. Just right. don't go over there. I'm sure you heard that as well. Right. Just don't go over there. Right. And, and, you know, there are parts you just have to be careful where, where you're going. But I definitely thought that. I watched that on scene and I was like, all right, okay. <laughs> I don't know. And you, there's, I mean, definitely there are things you couldn't make today. You just couldn't do that right. today. You really couldn't. No. You get heat. No, and I think we we're talking about that, even though the movie was completely rewritten by Richard Pryor, that there is no way they'd make Blazing Saddles today. Not Absolutely not. You certainly couldn't use the N-word. I mean, you certainly couldn't no. use that in there. That. Even though even though everyone who used it was made to be a fool. Every single right, person yeah. who used that thing was... The people in the town were infinitely dumber than Cleavon <laughs> Little. Little. Mm-hmm. He was... By yes. the way, and could... He was the best. I mean, I I, mean just take the, scene where they, he, take the scene where he meets them for the first time. And he pretends to take himself hostage. hostage. And they all believe it. He's crazy enough to do it. Hold it. He's crazy. He just might do it. He might just do it. That that moment is the moment where you're like, oh, they're the fool. Mm -hmm. He is the hero. And you kind of see what, and you do see what Richard Pryor was trying to do. And it's so funny because I know they wanted Richard Pryor to play that role. They really wanted him to play that role. And I have to say, I thought Cleavon Little, Richard Pryor would have been great because right. he's just great and was great in everything he did. But yes. I thought Cleavon yes. Little was, it, it was a stroke of genius because he was cool. He was yep. great looking. He was, you know what I mean? He was it, it, that unbelievable mix of handsome and could pull off the comedy. Just hearing him say 15 schnitz and grubens is my <laughs> limit. Yeah. <laughs> That's my limit on schnitz and grubas. <laughs> Made me laugh every time. Every Fantastic. time. Well, uh, those scenes with just Gene Wilder and Cleavon Little. I well, mean, that one scene where, where he says to him, what do you want to do now? And Gene Wilder says, well, we could play chess. Yeah. We could screw. Yeah. And Cleavon Little goes, let's play let's chess. Let's play chess. <laughs> exactly. Let's play chess. I mean, how great was, yeah, I, I literally look at a talent like Gene Wilder and just truly unbelievable in that movie. And he just, everywhere he was, every single movie he was in during that period of time, he, he just lit it up. Lit it up and in a very specific way. He was so specific with the way he acted. It was brilliant. 
Hey, hey, Tom. But there have to be young actors out there now. There have to be young actors out there now who would be that good, but they just won't let them. No, yeah. no. Well, you were talking about um, Chappelle letting the world mm-hmm. in on why he stopped the show. Well, he really let the right. world in on on the last thing Special. He, yeah. he did for Netflix. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how he was comparing his life to Iceberg Slim. And I know you've read that. Did uh, you read that book? Mm-hmm. Tom, I know you've read that book before. <laughs> yep. And yep. Uh, what he was literally getting to was how it wasn't the fact that black people were getting upset with him about making uh, whites laugh at us. It was his fear that he was being pimped. Well, that so that's... So by, literally... By it, Comedy Central. I can tell you what it was, truthfully, okay? You watch that last special with Dave Chappelle, and Chappelle is someone we know and truly love, okay? Right. As a person and certainly as a comedian, all right? You watch that last special, and the moments where he could just sit with his thoughts, what he was so good about is like presenting like a very real statement and then undercutting, and then undercutting it. it. But he needs that yeah. dramatic pause of just sitting there. Now, when he was at the tippy top of his, you know, was he was at the very tippy top of his uh, game and he was doing his thing, he sort of. What was crazy is that he like couldn't even he couldn't even he would say like take a pause for a second and hang is on, that you in? I don't think that's me. Is that you? We will be right back. <laughs> oh, we'll be right, we'll back. right after. We'll this. take a right back. We'll finish up. Best of the Tom Bernard podcast. She said and she swore that she never would deceive me. But the devil take the women for they never can be easy. Mushering darn do darn da. That was the Sklar Brothers on this St. Patrick's Day episode of The Best Of. Coming up next, we had comedian Todd Glass on the phone promoting his new Netflix special. Next on The Best Of. To be ready for the Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our very special guest, Todd Glass. Todd Glass's Netflix special act. Happy. Todd, how have you been? Tom, Tom, Tom. How you doing? Tom, 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 Tom. Now you sound like my mother. My mother used to do that. Tom, Tom, Tom. Tom, Tom, Tom. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I'm at the gym. If you hear any background noise, I apologize. No, it's not a problem. Um, I, I will tell you what I I, have, I did notice from your special because Todd showing off wears a T-shirt that shows how muscular he is. Well, I'm not really. I'm not. You know what? I appreciate the compliment, but uh, if I had muscles like that, I wouldn't show them because there's an old thing in comedy that muscles aren't funny. Like you know what I mean? It's like there was a comedian walking down the improv years ago, and one of the owners of the improv he was going on stage with his. You know, his muscle, his arm, big arm. It's all right if you're in good shape, but you should, you know, it's not funny. And he True. goes, hey, he taps him on the shoulder. He goes, hey, muscles aren't funny. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, it's, it's a good, it's like, I think it's the sort of thing like Joe Piscopo died for our sins. Like yeah. he taught, come on, didn't, did he, did he, yeah, I know he's alive. What I mean is he went muscular like so many years ago. And it's like, it's just, it's not funny. No, I understand so, exactly what you're saying. Thank you. So I'm not that, but uh, but I appreciate I appreciate. I'll take it. 
I should just shut up and take the compliment. Yeah, the compliment compliments um, are a good thing. There's no question about it. Yes, and the orchestra. Well, I mean, it, it's about a set. It's a seven piece. On the road, I try to have keyboards and drums in every market I go to. You know, some have played for me before. Uh, you know, like I just get guys that or women that listen to the podcast and they play for me as the people are being sat because I think it adds a cool element to the night of even as you're entering the club, there's two people on stage in black suits just playing jazz as you're being sat. It makes it like a, a cool evening. But for the special, I, uh, I, I, you know, we upped it a little. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you what, it was very, very impressive. I tuned in to watch the special when it when it came out. And uh, all the, you got, yeah, I, I see the drums. Oh, he's going to have rim shots, so that's good. And then I look, and there's the entire orchestra. You reference the orchestra quite often uh, in Act Well, they do is, bits, yeah. Yeah, they do bits, right. Uh, well, I don't want to give away too much to people who haven't seen it yet, but, yeah, they do. The orchestra does bits, which is pretty cool. Yeah, they, they, and, and the more bits, like, the more they're with you, the more bits they can do. And it really does make touring fun, like, when you have two people that have, or three, sometimes I'll use, like, two musicians I've used, and then I'll fill the band up with, like, you know, like, obviously, one of the people in the band, all she did was play the triangle. So, you know, I'll, I'll like, <laughs> fill it up with other stuff. Sometimes I'll put somebody, you know, on ratchet, just one person on ratchet, you know, all night long. And give me some ratchet over there. But it, it does make performing fun. And it just... Like I said, I feel like it makes it like an event. Like even as people are leaving after I say goodnight, and the band's wailing out a song instrumentally as they're exiting. So I, I, I really, I like it. I, I really enjoy it. I started doing it around three years ago. No, I, I think it's it's wonderful having the entire orchestra on stage with you the whole time. I do have to tell you, and whoever was on the show, I say this too. But I, whenever I see in someone's bio. Uh, Including performances on Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn, I tear up because I loved that show. I thought it was brilliant, and whatever happened, I don't know. Colin Quinn's a great guy anyway. I've always liked Colin Quinn. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm like an absurd Colin Quinn fan. Absurd yep. is a real word, but I, I just love anything he does. Yep. I'm, you know, a big Colin Quinn fan. And that show, you know, it was. It was a lot, it was a lot of fun to do. And, you know, you talk about stuff. Sometimes people said things, obviously... Uh, that I don't agree with, but yeah. that was the place to do it, you know. Yep. Yep. So uh, it, it, it was it was always a lot of fun to do that show, and you got to get a trip to New York, and you know, so it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Well, I became a big Todd Glass fan many years ago, and the highest compliment I can pay someone is to say you're a smart ass because I find it. When you used to set people up, there was I, you know, I don't remember what show it was on, but you were wearing a medical coat and you actually even had a stethoscope around your neck, and you were fake. That was a bit I, yeah, that was a bit I did for a while. I, I mean, who knows? There might be one or two left, but on Tosh Point, where it was just a, the joke was I feel like taking out of context, every bit that I did on there could sound no, no, know, I sexist or racist. I understand, but it was. Yeah, it was this concept of that I was the worst prank show in the world. Right. And uh, that's why when people sometimes, you know, you'll read some of the comments. Most people get it, but once in a while, they'll see them go, this is the worst prank show in the world. And you're like, oh, that's you know, point. You don't, you don't get that's the joke. Yeah, and see, that's the you whole know? thing. Some people did not get it was a joke. For me, it's my life. It's I, I've lived my life that way. It's just how, how do you not get that I wasn't being serious there? And that And when you did it, 
And it's not necessary to, to describe any of the bits. It's just the fact that, no. that at the end you would just be, I mean, you were just such a pain in the ass. It was wonderful. And I, I'm sorry. It started from a stupid joke I would do when I would, like, go over to the uh, Tosh.0 offices and hang out with Daniel when he first got the show. Right. And I would go up to people, because I think prank show, there was some prank show on the air at that point that was so bad. And I'd go, oh, to anybody working there, do you know what time it is? And they'd go, oh, yeah, it's uh, 2.30. And I'd go, ah, I already know I have a watch on, you dumb piece of... You know, I would be like, you're so stupid. You're so dumb and you're so angry. You're so mad at me, you stupid pile of garbage. I can't believe it. And then I go, you're on my new awful prank show. I got you good, you stupid. So that's what... And then we're like, we should do something where it's just that this guy has the worst prank show in the world. Well, it's a great idea. That's all I have to say. I, I, I thought I, was a, I got the joke immediately, so if I'm the only one, I'm very proud of that. But I, I don't think I'm the only one. I swear there's a cluster of neurons that lets people, like, get satire and some people just aren't born with it or something because i've seen people yeah. not people, get the yeah. most obvious satire in the universe yeah you know and the good thing is a lot of people do get it and it's so silly and some people might say hey i get it and i still don't like it of course not everybody that doesn't like it it's because they don't get it but um yeah sometimes uh, it could you know uh, some people don't but you, you know on the internet if you read comments the best thing i've ever heard is remember it could be a grader you know so you're like oh that's yeah. right you forget who's commenting you always think it's like yeah. the most savvy but i don't want to go down a train of negativity because um it's no reason to i always catch myself uh you know talking about a percentage of people that don't get something but um but anyway i digress well no i mean in act happy you talked about a lot of the man you it's been a tough road to hoe there coming and going uh with with uh, all the stuff you talked about and i, I you know I'm one of, I've been interviewing people now for like 48 years, and I don't ever say, you know, why? Well, you know, all I want to do is talk about what do your act, and I, I that's not what I do at all. But the, so you talked about a lot. Of I don't very, mind. You talked about a lot of very important things in Act Happy, and so I, I'm not saying, hey, Todd, could you just do part of your act? That's not what I mean at all. But you did talk about some very, very important things in in Act Happy as well that have happened to you and what what you're all about and who you are as a person, which. I really admired. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, it, it, a lot of it was like later in my career, uh, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I, I don't really talk about politics that much on one area that I think you might be talking about. And then there's obviously something else. But I, uh, I uh, you know, started to enjoy talking about social issues. And when I, when I wrote the book, I realized, wow, I, I, I don't really talk about this in my act. So this was the first special since... Like I said, not politics, but more social issues. And, you know, it, it feels good to be able to vent about that stuff. I mean, mainly the biggest thing is, which I don't agree with, and I, and I just feel like I talk about it 24 hours a day, and if somebody ever, my paranoia thinks someone goes, all right, enough already, I'll be like, oh, did it stop? When someone says enough already with that, you go, oh, did it stop? Oh, no, then probably, that's like if somebody, if a, if a cop was defending you from someone beating you up, and then, you know, he goes, all right, that's enough. Well, there's the other guy still beating me up, so maybe you should just keep helping me. So the, the constant, you know, the lost people that everyone forgets about is young people. You get such a shitty rap. Oh, can I curse? No, that's fine. I don't know. You're, you're fine. Uh, bad no, rap. And, and it's not, you know, when you defend young people, not that I shouldn't defend them just for defending them, but you defend the world because the entire problem, and I'm not overstating it, what the world is, 
older people have a trouble understanding that young kids don't get stupider. They get smarter. It's just evolution. It's not even up for debate. I have a lot of things I'm passionate about that are still up for debate. In other words, what I'm saying, just because I'm passionate and I feel right about something, you still have to leave it on the drawing board to be discussed. That's how you bring other people with you. And on my best day, I'm kind when I discuss it. And because that's the only way people are going to listen to you. Uh But I don't put the kids are getting smarter under that category. Anybody who thinks they're not getting smarter. um, To me, it's like the world's round and kids get smarter. That's how factual it is. And I don't know, maybe people are scared of dying. And they'd like to believe that these young kids, not only do they have more time left on the planet, uh, not only do they have thicker hair, uh, that maybe they're smarter too. And that's, by the way, that's not pitting old people against young people. No, if, no. If, if I'm right, I'm going to say if, and young kids are getting smarter. Um, that's good. That's yeah. good. It's not, it's not like a bad thing. It's not like it's an, it's good. That means older people did a good job. Is that what you wanted? Did you want the young people to turn out even the same as you? <laughs> or did you want them to be smarter? Right. Or did you want them to be dumber? You know, by coincidence, Todd, just about two or three weeks ago, and I can't remember what the event was. It was, uh, they were talking about DACA or they were talking, I don't know what they were talking about, but Congress was all up in arms about something and the president was up in arms about something. And I went on a morning show, I've interviewed you on my morning show many times as well. I've I've been doing it for 32 years. I, I went on the next day on the morning show and I said, I have a question for America. Why do you want a bunch of 80 year old people uh, 70 or 80 year old, not that they don't, they're not wise and they're learned and all the rest of it, but I saw, you know, Donald Trump is 71. You, you've got Nancy Pelosi, who's, I think she's near 80. If she's not 80, you got, you got Chuck Schumer, you got Mike Pence. So it's, it's not just Democrats or, uh, or not just Republicans. It's both parties. Why don't they get some younger people in there to make the, because any decision they make, Todd, is not going to affect them at all because they're rich right. and, and they're and old. By the- Oh, go ahead. No, that's it. They're just rich and they're no, old. I, that's it. Yeah, I agree. And and by the way, you know, it's not, like you said, it's not all older people. When older people, like me, in my opinion, someone like Bernie Sanders, acknowledges the brilliance of youth, mm-hmm. that's when the two of them can move forward like a freight train. So when I say young people are getting, you know, I'm not saying all young people are brilliant, but the people that say, oh, kids today, all they do is this, or all they do is that, the reason that they say that, even if it's true, let's say, let's say, just to make a clean argument, that you found something, because I know a lot of people that say they agree with me, because I'm so passionate about it, even someone in that room right now, where I'm, you know, you all are, mm-hmm. will we'll end the interview and then maybe go, I agree with them overall, but you've got to admit, they want to find a nuance where they're right, like, even if you're right, let's say you're dead white, you found a nuance where they're getting, uh, you know, not as smart, they're not as enlightened, even, and I underlined it a hundred times, even if you're right, who cares? It's not important. It, you, the reason you're willing to talk about a nuance where they might not be, uh, they not, let's say, just call it layman's term, they're getting dumber and dumber, is because you're not aware where they're brilliant. You're not aware what they're yeah. brilliant. You're not aware what they're doing. Because if you did know how brilliant they were, you would find it insignificant to find a little nuance about them that you thought was not smart. So, you know, I, I just, you know, you know, so I talked about that in the special, and that was fun to talk about. It was cathartic for me to scream about that. Well, there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> at all. And Act Happy, you also talked to, uh, I mean, many, many things. You talked about your your coming out party. Do you Did you... Uh, 
when you came out, did you feel a, like you had helped a lot of people? Because i got to believe, uh, look, the, the quarterback on my, my childhood football team, a guy named Cliff Siegel. And by the way, you, you can tone down the flamboyancy of it. I didn't have a coming out part. Well, it says, what, yeah, no, I was, no, was, no, was no, going to say. Wait a minute, Todd. That's what it says in your bio. I just read it right from your bio. No, it doesn't. Well, you honest, it honest? Honestly, got it. That's what I was sent. Uh, yeah, we have a bio on the calendar. I don't know where it's from, but by yes, the way, see. Just, uh, just so I'm curious, do you is this live or do you edit this? Both. I can edit. So you can tell me to go f myself if you want. But I, I really read that from oh. a bio that I was sent. Oh no 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 no! I'm not I'm not mad. Oh, I'm good. just joking with you. But but I am morbidly curious now what it actually says in the bio. Yeah, it just says. His coming out party. That's, says, there's no context or anything. It says, it's just like a thing that you uh, talk about. I'll read that the whole. Makes me so, I'll, read makes the whole me I'll read the whole. I'll read the whole line. Whoever. It says Todd Glass's Netflix special "Act Happy." Try to keep up as comedian Todd Glass delivers a rapid fire stand up that bounces from his heart attack to his coming out party and how to eat a Kit Kat. That's the whole line. Uh, Okay, you got to send that back to me, and then I'm going to call whoever wrote that and punch him in the face. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. While in the merry month of May, now from me home, I started, left the girls and two were nearly broken hearted, saluted father dear, kissed me darling mother, drank a pint of beer, me grief and tears, this mother enough to reap the corn and leaf, for I was born, got a stout McFarland and banished ghost and goblets and brand new pair of brogues to rock the love of the bogs and frighten all the dogs on the rocky roads, a double of one, two, three, four, five, hunt a hare and turn them down the rocky roads and all the ways to double a McFarlandy dog. That was... Todd Glass on the best of. Coming up next, closing out the show. We're opening up the old vault. All the way back to episode number 527 with Sean Donnelly. Top of the morning to you, Sean. Next on the best of. All the way to double and make Falaldi da. And double and next arrive at God. It's such a pity to be so soon. The five of you are not from Teddy. Then I took a stroll. Our special guest today, Sean Donnelly, is at Rick Bronson's House Comedy tonight, tomorrow night, Saturday, and a Sunday show. Steve's here. Did you hear your plug the other day? I gave you on the KQ Morning Show? Uh, my, yeah, my mom told me all about it. Your mom told you about <laughs> yeah. it? Was I nice well, to you? I forgot. Uh, yeah, I get, from all, from everything I've heard, I actually haven't heard what you said, but yeah, my mom... My mom's like, she's ready to retire already now. She, she, <laughs> she thinks she's got it made. Got yep, it made. She's was got it a it Steve made. plug or a House of Comedy plug? No, it was a Steve plug. You said Steve's name. Yeah, Steve, Steve Carlson. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's good. Told I, a, I told him up. about a Rickles joke. That's what it was. That my parents went to Vegas. That was very funny. And yeah, it's a, it's a joke that my dad's always told me. That's, oh, okay. Yeah. And apparently he said it on the KQ show. And Tell Sean the joke because we were talking okay. about Rickles. Sean and I were talking about Rickles, we were talking anyway. about Rickles this morning. Um, His dog's name is Rickles. Yeah, yeah, I heard that when I yeah it was when I was listening. Um, it, my parents were in Vegas in '83 and Rickles was performing. I think they said at the Nugget. Oh, okay. And there was <laughs> a couple right up front. I mean, front row, Asian man and a Mexican woman. <laughs> So he starts. He starts talking to him. How you doing? How you doing? You know, and and yada yada and and 
he uh, so he starts going on about their relationship, and they eventually goes, oh yeah, you know I can see it now. I can see your kid under the sombrero now. Oh, can I have a taco. <laughs> <laughs> that was a phenomenal joke. <laughs> and you'd never get away with it now. No, oh god, no, no, you'd get arrested on stage. You would get arrested. <laughs> you'd be like the Lenny Bruce of the new millennium. Did you remember that whole remember that whole Tracy Morgan thing that happened? It wasn't oh, yeah. racial. It was just him. Mm-hmm. I think he talked about rape, or whatever it was, on stage, mm-hmm. and it was a live show that somebody happened to videotape and he didn't get arrested but he got crucified on, right. online it was like Crazy. about uh, if he had a gay kid right that's what it was, yeah, that's yeah. What it was. I'm sorry yeah it wasn't yeah well technically it was about having a flamboyantly gay kid yeah, yeah. not just gay yeah that's true so it's a little different now I gotta tell you by this is a complete coincidence too I didn't know that I was gonna be as busy as I was up until noon or 12 10 when we started but John and I were just talking this morning yeah Sean talked about the fact that he has to hide some of his cookie buying from his wife. <laughs> so what true. I, Sean, what I'm doing right now is yeah. trying to eat this food before my wife gets here. <laughs> By total coincidence. Is she yeah. even coming in? Yeah, she is bringing Jude in. Well, if she comes in and sees it, uh-huh. what's going to happen? You're just it's going to be what, what you go through. Yeah, yeah. It's you know I get I get sometimes I get the passive aggressive. It's fine. You do what you want. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's oh, the yeah. worst. That's the worst. It's like you just die early. Yeah, that's, that's fine. fine. You Whatever. Do what you want. But I thought you wanted to change. I thought you told me because I'll do the thing where I go, no more soda for me. I have too much soda. Right. I can't drink soda. And then oh, I'll drink I a soda from. She goes, ah, soda. And I go, what? And she goes, no, it's fine. You want you you. It's up to you. It's that, <laughs> that literally just happened yesterday because my daughter's got me drinking the Zevia cherry cola because it's you know it's like less uh, sugar or whatever zero or zero. Zero sugar, calories. but it's all natural. There's no yeah. artificial sweetness. It's zero in calories, it. but it doesn't taste like crap. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the idea. But I still have a wild cherry diet Pepsi, you know, once of, or twice a day. Of course, because you want to do a little change up. So twice yes. a day? I am not kidding you. <laughs> yeah. And how many sodas I have? I have so many. Oh, I do too. I have so many sodas. Well, I would just, I would get soda. sick. Do you want to try uh, one of these? There's more. I, I knew no, a guy in college that would drink liters of Diet Pepsi a day. Yeah. I mean, I mean, literally I don't know how it liters. It through your stomach. I, it does. I don't That's know. Like, he'll probably be shitting in a bag at some point. I don't know. Yeah, it's but. it's pretty bad, but, <laughs> it, but it, it's so good. Uh, but yes, so yesterday that very same thing happened. Catherine sits down there, and I've got the Diet Pepsi on the table. And she goes, oh, you got the wild cherry diet Pepsi. Yeah, you know, I like to change it up a little bit. You know, the Zevi is great, and I really like it, but you change it up once in a while. Oh, what's the difference, really? And it was, yeah, yeah, you know, your daughter expected you to change, but you're just not going. Yeah, to. yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. What happened? Just, like that. just happened oh. yesterday. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. only difference yeah. in ingredients is aspartame versus Zevia, or right. Stevia. So, Stevia. I mean. Yeah, and just by drinking a soda, you're disappointing your daughter. That's how that's how deep it got. from. But it's zero calories, so it's like, I don't know. What's the big deal? She got so upset with me because I was honest with her. Because she said, well, you know, that's not good for you. I mean, it cause health problems. I said, I don't want to live a long life. No. Oh, my God, did she have a <laughs> Oh, God, I want you to live to be 100. I don't want to live to be 100. Yeah, who wants to be 100? Have you seen 100-year-old people? Oh, I know. They look, they look like every movement is they're, di- they're dying every movement <clears throat> that they make. Gabor, oh, yeah. 97. Oh, She's yeah, she, 97? 97. She said today, yesterday that she was glad that Joan Rivers is dead because Joan picked on her. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's she got picked on by point. someone like seven years her younger? 
<laughs> yes, that's Stand right. Stand up for yourself, Zsa Zsa. That's that kind of old where you can just say whatever you want. And everybody <laughs> yeah. Goes, oh, okay. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. what are you going to do? <laughs> be your like, life. We're going to put you on trial now. Yeah. You're glad that Joan's dead. Oh, good for you. That's, <laughs> that's really good. She doesn't know what she's saying. But no, she has no idea. What you were talking about this morning, there are so many parallels between the way you live and the way I live. It's unbelievable. It's the same bullshit. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the, you know, I will tell you this. The last time... I ate a chocolate-covered peanut outside of my car. Yeah, was it ten years? Ago? Right, of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know I get the I get the thing you can think with your wife. It's now it's to the point where she's just preemptively mad at me. Like where she oh, yeah. literally like anything I I could ask her the date and she'd be like, oh, the fourteenth. Like, like any know. question, you know what I'm I saying? Know. Like because she knows that if it continues, there's going to be something that's going to annoy her in the conversation that I'm doing. Yesterday again, at the very beginning of the show, I do the intro. She's here. We do that. You go around the table. Everybody introduces themselves. First words on the podcast yesterday was my wife saying to me, "You're mean," <laughs> based on <laughs> the fact that I didn't want the dog barking outside the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll bring this little dog in with her, and he's a great dog. Yeah, but people don't want to hear dogs barking. No, of course not. They don't want to hear that. Well, no, he only like barks when he's outside, or away from but precious mean, mom. Separation anxiety. Mm-hmm. He's definitely yeah, got absolutely. that. Well, he's yeah. a puppy, so I mean. Can't really blame him. No, I don't know. My dog, has, my dog up, has separation anxiety. Maybe you should take mm-hmm. up drinking vodka in the garage, and then the rest of the candy bars <laughs> won't seem that bad. Yeah. Oh, like just do, do a worse problem. Yeah. Right. Start doing heroin, and yeah. like, okay, go back to the candy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Promise, I'll never say another word. Yeah, you know, right. Exactly. The first time I ever saw that, I was 19 years old. I was working. You saw someone drinking vodka in the garage? Nah, worse actually. <clears throat> drinking vodka so, in the tub. So I'm and at work. That's fun. Bed. I'm at work. I'm 19 years old, and I'm doing manual labor. I, I, they had me lifting all these heavy, this, the, the galvanizing solutions, mm-hmm. the, the, how they galvanize. They were like horse troughs. And apparently I was one of two people that was strong enough to put the clamps on and whip them up. And you spin them around to get the excess off, which, of course, gets all over your it's Safe as hell. Yeah. Sounds like a great good. job. Yeah. Hotter than hell. Yeah. No. So I went into the men's 1866? What was yeah. this? Yeah. 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 It was. Yeah. Chinese on the railroad. Yeah, it sounds like it doesn't. Well, I think I have a taco. <laughs> but, but anyway, so I go into the men's room. This is on the first week I'm there. And I can't. The toilet won't flush. Right, it'll just it stuck, and it, well, it flushed, but it just wouldn't stop running. Right, so I lift up the toilet tank, and there's two bottles of vodka in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, that was the idea. That was the move back then. I'm like what? It wouldn't flush because the vodka had wedged up against. The... So guys would go during work and go and drink vodka yeah. out of the toilet tank. That's gross. <laughs> it's just bizarre. What I mean, it's it's clean water in the in the toilet. Tank. It's not that yeah. clean though. There's wow. a lot of uh, buildup of like minerals and crap in there because you don't clean the back of your toilet tank uh, some of us do you don't clean the inside of it but if it's all clean water going in there well but i mean like have you ever looked in there there's like paint chipping off and it's like i, I mean, don't know talk about just have some class that, <laughs> i mean that too you mean so i shouldn't be drinking the water out of my toilet <laughs> well do you so, have a lead-based paint uh, well, yeah not, then, I, I, I purposely mean. got lead-based so i could just to add flavor. Just add flavor to it. Yeah, get a little nice minty thing. Nothing wrong with that. Apparently, yeah. lead-based paint tastes sweet. Oh, does it? Yeah, that's wow. why kids would eat it. Oh, oh really? Yep. Oh, wow. Well, well, it has a sweet a taste. Yeah, it's got a sweet taste. I didn't know. Um, yeah, that's why kids would pick it off walls and eat it, and then that wouldn't go too well for them. Yeah, that doesn't work out. No, you're not supposed to eat lead. 
<laughs> yeah, eating lettuce. Not you know, that's you know. Actually, thinking about it, growing up because that was back in my era when kids were you know. Yeah, I think painters. 1970 is when they outlawed lead paint. Yeah, yeah I think that's probably right. The asbestos is like fairly recent too, where they take all the asbestos out of the buildings. Uh huh. Yeah. They only do that if they have to, because it's better to leave it there than to take it out, because it get it kicks up, and that's when you start breathing it in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If it's just sitting there, then it's not going to hurt you. You get mesothelioma. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, you get one of those those uh, those lawyers to help you out. Oh yeah. I see you've been to Florida before. (laughs) No, we have all we have them all over. They have them in New York. They have the guy. You guys have the Bender and Bender guy. Bender and Bender. Bender and Yeah. He's got the cowboy yeah, hat. Talk about wearing a hat to cover baldness. I've never seen somebody wear a hat so terribly to cover baldness. <laughs> it's like wear it naturally. Don't pull it down like know, you're a, like you're a Marx brother. On, on yeah, I, I wear baseball caps. You know, I got a full head of hair, but I wear baseball ball caps just because I don't feel like combing my hair. Yeah. So do, well, I have, I have I'm balding, and I have that's why I wear baseball yeah, caps. Yeah, we're usually. baseball. Ca- oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Most of your pictures, your yeah, promo pictures, I have are a hat. baseball cap. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I mean, all this this whole thing—it's like so many things that you brought up this morning in the KQ Morning Show. I was going, yeah, yeah, yeah that's me, that's yep. me, yeah, <laughs> I got that one too, yeah, yeah, exactly. it's true. Oh yeah, I get yelled at all the time. She yells at me. I didn't know. That bath mats aren't supposed to get wet. She yells at me for that. What? What are bath they supposed mats? to do then? I thought they were floor towels that you just walk out and dry your feet uh, yeah, on bath. I thought. No, they're supposed to. You're supposed to dry your feet before you get out of the, the shower, what? and then you just walk on the bath mat to. No, no. so no, bath mats are just. They're just there to cultivate, like plant life. Then they're, <laughs> no, they're there to like I guess so you're not on the cold floor. But like women think that you just don't dry. I just I use it. I purposely dry my feet all over it. Well, I just put a towel on the floor. There you go. That's true. It does both. Saying. Yeah, yeah, it does both. She that's might just be fucking with you. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a very real possibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good point. She just has fun screwing with yeah. you. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I got a good one. That is a good point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there. I will tell you one thing. Uh, my very first roommate, uh, I would go in the bathroom. Just to prevent slipping. And I said oh, to my new roommate, how many of those towels do you have? He goes, what are you talking about? I said, what do you have, like 30 of the same towel? And he goes, no, I only got like one. He would use the same towel for See, like that's, two weeks. that's gross. Oh, that's gross. That is, it's know, like, what are you do doing? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's insane. You got like See, ass juice fair, on it. I'm fairly gross <laughs> at home, but that's gross. That's really gross. It's gross. Oh, yeah. placed inside. Like I said, you're doing your pits yes. and your sack and your... <laughs> yeah, if you're, doing, if you're doing a thorough, yeah. you yeah. think, yeah, maybe he just... He said, well, it dries out. I said, it's still ass juice. I don't care if it's dry ass juice or not. He doesn't dry his ass. You're you're recycling (laughs) the ass juice. (laughs) You are. Well, I've got good news for you. (laughs) Wise Geek says that bath mats are indeed... For absorbing water and to prevent slipping. See? Simply absorbing water, but also as a drying uh, instrument. Well, I mean, (laughs) absorbing water, it can just be like, oh, the water's on your feet when you step out on it. But is it also they saying that, hey, dry your feet on it? Because I will take this article straight back to New York to my wife. And how how do you think that's going to work for you? (laughs) Right in your face! And I'm having a Pepsi. Well, basically, they're yeah, I'm drinking a soda. Yeah. They're designed to dr- absorb water without getting gross too quickly. You still have to, you know, like clean them. But, yeah. But yeah, they can get as wet as you want. Oh, that's, that's why they've got their rubber bottom and all that. Yeah, exactly. That's the that's logical to me. You know, or I just use a sham That definitely makes sense. It kills me. Now, Sean grew up in <clears throat> Long Island. Long Island, New York, and. One thing I, I told you, you know, I, I lived in New York for like six years just doing voiceover. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved New York. Loved you living lived in Manhattan? 
live in Manhattan. But what I loved about New York, and New York's supposed to be like the cultural center of the world. Yeah, I was going to ask, when you were growing up in Long Island, was everybody in your class like a junior comedian? Because it seems like every comedian is from Long Island. Uh, no, there was funny dudes. I think Long Island has that that ball busting uh, yeah. that kind of mentality. Most more people like that than the other places. But yeah, there was a bunch of funny guys in my class, but not every single person. But yeah, we had my friends and I would yeah you, know, you you bust on each other back and forth. But yeah, there was a bunch of funny dudes. What I loved is New Yorkers. Again, supposed to be the cultural center of the world, right. and everybody's you know they're New Yorkers, right? But what I found when I moved there. They profile more than any people on earth. Because, like, if I said to my roommate at the time, hey, I'm having a friend come over to our party. He goes, oh, yeah, who's that? Sean Donnelly. Uh, does he like to fight? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's the only place that those stereotypes still hold true. It's like, true. The Italian and the Irish and yeah, everything, oh, yeah. and the Jewish oh, yeah. and the and, and and you know the Latin and all that. It's pretty much it's all where those stereotypes still hold true. Because nobody oh, yeah. knows what Italian like nobody knows the Italian Irish stereotypes anymore. If you go to other parts of the country, no, they don't. No, they don't. It's no. the only place because because that's where they first got to, and we just held on to it for some reason. Which I think is great because of the neighborhood aspect of New York to this day. I love that. Yeah. I live in an Italian neighborhood. Yeah. I live, it's, I live I mean, off I Graham Avenue it. in Brooklyn. And it's like, I, we, me and my wife literally go to a restaurant, this place, Frost. It's on Frost Street. And it started off in the 50s as like a fish shack and then just grew into a restaurant. Really? And these these old Italian guys still own it. I love that whole the it's cultural cool. thing. It's cool. It's cool. But it's just, you know, when you're paying through the nose to live someplace, you're like, mm. it, it loses Brooklyn, its charm after a while. Brooklyn's yeah. not what it used to be, man. No. Those rents are a little higher now. Yeah. My best man in my wedding's name was Tom Gorman. Irish kid from Cleveland. Yeah. And he was Irish, Irish, too. Like off the boat? Like, like, uh, nah, not like, off the like, boat, but he but just almost. really into being Irish. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean? uh, so we went to see Blazing Saddles. Oh, yeah. And My again, dad's favorite movie. If people are offended by some language, you're going to have to plug your ears for a second because the line's not funny unless you say the line. Yeah. But I will never forget. I'm sitting there watching Blazing Saddles and. The announcement is made, we'll take the niggers and the chinks, but yeah. we don't want the Irish. <laughs> I looked at Tom. His face was beet red. He wanted to go up and tear the goddamn screen. <laughs> it was phenomenal. <laughs> he was so yeah. offended. That's like one of those those Irish-Irish guys. That, yeah, that, oh, yeah. Very, like if you called him a Mick, you would get mad probably, right? Like if you said, if you said Tom, you're a Mick. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, Oh, yeah, that, that means nothing to me. <laughs> no, he I, was. My family's pretty Irish, but like, you know, I, I'm 100% Irish, but we don't, you know. We don't have that. Like, I, I don't have that mentality. You don't uh, decorate everything in shamrocks and. Not really. My 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 mom will do it a little bit, but and my sister loves it. Like she, my sister been to Ireland a couple times and she loves mm. Irish stuff, but not to the point where like we'll take offense at it. You know, it's like right, we're not right. we're not Irish enough to do that. You know, like whatever. Saint Paul is a very Irish Italian town. Yeah, it just is. I live in really. Yeah. Irish. I live yeah. in a very Irish neighborhood. Yeah, a very Irish neighborhood. Oh yeah, Saint Paul is. Yeah, yeah. yeah but even Minnesota in general is very. There's a lot of Irish. A lot right? of Irish people. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We and the place is closed now, so I can say this. But I mean, I don't think people know this part of Minnesota. Like when I grew up, it's a lot different than it used to be. But yeah. we went to this bar. You know, I won't say the name because I think they're closed, but I'm not sure. Okay, and just, it wasn't their yeah, fault. So, just whisper it. But it's very. <laughs> they won't hear that. McCafferty's. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> they are closed. Because it had, yeah, they're closed. McCafferty's was this great Irish pub, and it was very Irish. And if I was going to go with Tom, I had to be with Tom. Otherwise, you can't come. You can't, wow. That's I mean, it was that Irish, Irish right? You know, yeah. what was the place right down the street from there? It was the same uh, O'Connell's. O'Connell's, yeah. Yeah, same guy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was just wonderful. We're in there one time, and it was very loud because everybody's getting in political arguments, and they're yelling at each other. And Yeah, you're, you don't know a goddamn thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one, uh, magnificent stories. You know, I wanted to kill this one son of a bitch one time, and <laughs> the, the prick went and died on me. So I said to my brother, "Let's go dig the fucker up and kill him again." <laughs> I mean, so kind of Just a bunch of leprechauns. Oh, God. So we're sitting at McCafferty's, and it's loud, and we're having a ball. It was just fun, right? Just a lot of fun. All of a sudden, the bar goes quiet, not a sound. Yeah. You know, like, I'm looking around. I hope it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> and I look over, and there's a guy sitting. At the bar, wearing a turban. Oh my God! <laughs> now this is in 1976. Wow! You didn't see a lot he was of the first one. Yeah, probably the first guy in the state with a turban. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here's a guy sitting at a bar wearing a turban, right? And I'm like, oh shit! So I'm edging my way over there to say, you know, this might not be the best choice to Place make. Place for you to be, yeah. Before I get over there, I hear. Hit the fucking road, Haji. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> but that's, I mean. Yeah, that's that old school type of Old deal. school yeah. neighbor. Hey, if you're Irish, fucking you're Irish, hell. you're Italian. And I hate that about Boston, your hometown, because you could be the wrong kind of Irish. You, you could, could be a townie, Irish. or you could be Southie. Or yeah. you could be, you're Irish, but you're the wrong kind of Irish. <laughs> yeah, totally. What? Well, it's yeah. what they do in Ireland, so it's as <laughs> well, authentic as you can get. Yeah. I loved Ireland. You ever been in Ireland? Yeah, Jones? I went to Nor- Northern Ireland. I actually, you know, you know why I went to Ireland? Why? Because I was in a ad for Bushmills whiskey. Oh yeah! Oh God, that's wonderful. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. It was uh, a print ad for Bushmills whiskey. Me and three other comics that were in it, and they wanted to do like the regular guy guide type thing. Like we're friends, so yeah. you know, it's like they called it Bushmill Brothers. So we went and did it, and the, part of the promotional thing was you get a, a quick trip to to Belfast. It was pretty oh, cool. That's it was really cool. We were only there for a few days, but I've never had such a busy trip before in like in like three days. Like went to see, I saw where Van Morrison was born and stuff like that, and like all all the stuff. It was really, really all cool. of it. Did the Carricka Reed Rope Bridge, and went to the distillery where the where the whiskey was made, and it was it was really great. It was awesome. A friend of mine. <laughs> I want to go to the south, though. I want to go to Dublin. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I hear you do not want to go to Dublin. Why is that? It's the kind of Detroit-y at this point. Dublin? Oh, is lot, it? A lot Detroit-y. of crime. Yeah. Detroit-y. Yeah, it's, like, it's the Detroit of Ireland. Because the economy is talking about right Belfast? Belfast? No, Belfast was... No, Dublin. About Belfast or okay. about Dublin? Dublin. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I got, heard got that it was getting like that. I didn't know it was Detroit bad, but well, it's not. <laughs> I mean, you know, the city's bad. burning. You cannot <laughs> get the city's de- burning. Yeah, the city's there can on only fire. be one Detroit. It's like uh, the Highlander, but yeah. it's, it's close. <laughs> yeah, honest to God, Sean, I could sit here and, and talk Irish culture all day. Oh, sure. There's yeah. so many great stories and things that people have said and done. I grew up Roman Catholic. Yeah, you know, I'm not yeah, Irish. So did I. Yeah. yeah. So I mean. It's and people don't understand that yeah it's Christian, but it's between Christianity and Judaism. Yeah, it's, it's a 
Catholicism it, is its own culture. It's its own culture. It really and it's is. And also, I think, out of all the religions, it's the most – I don't want to insult anybody and say it, It's the most down-to-earth, realistic – See, I got into arguments about that. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I should have jumped into it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tell your wife that and we'll see how down-to-earth she thinks it is. <laughs> That's true. And this is the thing. I'm not even religious. I just I – No, just, I'm not either. Maybe – you know what it is? I think it's because I grew up that way. I think we grew up that way and we saw what it was like and we see – Right. Like just, just, I'm just comparing what I've seen. I'm not, I'm not trying to insult you. No, by any you're not means. insulting me. At all. Uh, my uh, wife's my wife's Irish Catholic. Uh, okay, right? there you go. We <laughs> but get you know, but you, here's the thing, him. though. You don't agree with me, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know exactly. It, what you yeah, mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, but if, you, if it was, if I was off the mark, you wouldn't know no, no. what I was talking about. No, yeah, I know exactly. exactly. My mother, who was big time Roman Catholic, and this was coincidence. My wife, who I think is going to be here some year, happened to be Catholic. You know, I just got lucky that yeah. she was Catholic and we got married in a Catholic church because my mother would have had a goddamn heart attack. My mom did silently, I think, when we didn't because oh. my, my wife is – she grew up Baptist. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there you go. That's yeah. a, It was a very, very big deal to her. I mean, honest to God, oh, you really fix race deal? You're going to marry a Lutheran? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, that's mixed race. But, uh, yeah, like Mike, Mike Rasmussen right behind you, Sean, his brother is marrying my daughter. Oh, really? In about three really? weeks. Oh, cool. Yeah. In three weeks. <laughs> and, and, is it Catholic or is it? No, they're Lutheran. Okay. Both My mother. Laid back. Laid back Lutherans. Yeah, super yeah. laid back. Yeah, Lutherans totally. are laid back. Yeah, yeah. super laid back. Part, it's like Protestants. Oh, geez, Protestants yeah. are laid back as well. Toots would still frown on it. Yeah, yeah. Mixed race. <laughs> oh, yeah. She'd be pissed. <laughs> My mom, I think my mom had, an, like, we, we didn't get married. We, my wife was going to let us do it, and then she saw the church, and she didn't like the church like the where church. I grew up, so she was like, no, I don't want to do it. So I was like, yeah, whatever you want, that's fine. I think my mom was like, uh, and she makes, oh, those, yeah. she makes those passive-aggressive Irish mom comments. She goes, oh, you know, you could have done it for me, but that's okay. That's nah, you don't worry about it's, me. It's, it's don't worry about me. Maybe your next one. <laughs> Maybe the next one. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I, see, that, that whole deal of the, now, you grew up Lutheran, I assume. Yes. Carlson, the name Carlson. No, there's like 15 different kinds of Lutheran, isn't there? More than that. Well, more than 15? Oh, well, Luther, Luther, Lutherans were the original Protestant church. Martin Luther. Yeah, because he yeah. was the first one to start standing yeah, 70 99 theses oh, yeah, in, the 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 in the door of the Catholic uh, right. church. So Let's either way, see. branches of Luther. Now there's over 150 because all Protestants, all evangelicals, they're all considered... You know, in Protestants, so, I mean, it's like there's probably over 150 at least. I'd like to give everybody an example of how bad it can go, though, <clears throat> because people don't know this. But a certain historical figure grew up Catholic and turned Lutheran later on in life, Adolf Hitler. See what, what happens? <laughs> See what happens? What do you got to say about that, Lutheran? <laughs> yeah. I blame the Catholics in that one. They came from a bad place. <laughs> they came from... <laughs> been blessed with the luck of the Irish, for you have downloaded and listened to the complete best of the Tom Bernard Podcast, ah, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Great clips this week from the Sklar Brothers, Todd Glass, and my main man, Sean Donnelly. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week. <laughs>